On October the 31st, 1517, Martin Luther posted 95 big questions which he believed faced the church of his day to a local church door in Wittenberg, Germany. 500 years later, I decided to post 95 new questions, one a week, to the web, questions which I believe the church must face in the 21st century. Over the centuries, the writing of the Apostle Paul has been weaponised. His words have been used to justify cruelty towards and the exclusion of black people, people of colour, women, people of other religions, the wrong sort of Christian people, Catholic, Orthodox or Protestant, depending on your point of view, non-believers and of LGBT people, to name just a few. So it's no surprise that for many, Paul is seen as the author of structural social exclusion. But here's the thing. Although Paul's been presented as the champion of exclusion, I've come to believe that he was, in fact, the very opposite. Paul, the real Paul, was the great includer. Although painted as a strange cross between a stern old-time street evangelist and an inaccessible academic theologian, he was neither. The problem is that many of Paul's first-century phrases and terms, words like justification, law, judgment, salvation, holiness, anger or righteousness, have all ended up in their decontextualised form sounding pretty frightening, not to mention causing huge levels of confusion and pain. And then there are words that he never ever used and yet have somehow been pinned to him. For instance, here's a big one, hell. In fact, I guess you know people, lots of people, who though once counting themselves as being part of the church, now see themselves as outside of it. And their understanding of Paul, his teaching, and the outcomes it produces sit right at the heart of their decision to leave. Likewise, there are many others who for the same reason would never even consider joining a local church. But the way I see it, rather than rejecting the church, it's time instead to start again with Paul and let him speak for himself. It's time to unlearn our culturally conditioned readings of his words and work hard at allowing him, the real Paul, the first century revolution, to speak up, to speak to us instead. In the West, on one hand, the Roman Empire and then the medieval Catholic Church slowly distorted Paul's words, turning many of them into the source of a system of control, of shame, of fear and crippling Catholic guilt. But then in reaction, Martin Luther and John Calvin, the 16th century Protestant reformers, in attempting to reform these abuses, turned the meaning of Paul's words on their heads to power a new system of control, of shame, of fear and crippling Protestant guilt. 
And that's why I believe it's time to start again with Paul, because the tragedy is that his voice has too often ended up being misheard, misunderstood, misinterpreted, misused, misjudged, and therefore written off as too stern, too misogynistic, too disciplinarian, and too controlling. But the way I see it, the real Paul was very different from all of these misconceptions. He was a revolutionary, a revolutionary who saw a new inclusive world dawn and gave his life to help bring it in, which is why I believe it's time to allow Paul to speak again, to speak for himself. 30 plus years ago I founded a charity called Oasis. One of the things we do is to take responsibility for local schools around England. In this process we've often inherited a tired old building that slowly evolved over the decades. Some 1960s classrooms, a 1970s assembly hall, a 1980s kitchen and dining room, a 1990s extension with more classrooms, a gym and a new toilet block to replace the old changing rooms that were once vital but are no longer needed and get pulled down. And all this connected by a tangled web of corridors, an inadequate heating system, uneven floors and a set of leaking roofs. Now from this I've learned that sometimes the best way forward is to start again, to pull the whole thing down. But I've also learned another lesson. It's far quicker to deconstruct than to build. In fact, deconstruction is easy and the bulldozing bit's always easy. It's the reconstruction that takes the time, the planning, the skill and the care. But what's more, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. There are some good principles of school, school building that have been learned over the years. So although you don't want to repeat the same old mistakes, you really do want to benefit from the hard lessons learned as well as new methods of research and planning for a great educational space. We're all familiar with the voices of those who are keen to deconstruct the church and the Christian faith to tear it down. But here's the thing. I want to give my life to reconstruction rather than deconstruction, to building rather than demolition. But this time to the building of a Christ-centered way of doing life that's freeing and liberating rather than restricting and controlling and fear-based. That's why I believe it's time to let Paul speak again, let Paul speak for himself. And so a question, what do you think about what I've said about deconstruction and reconstruction? Where do you fit into all of this at the moment? And what role would you like to play in the future? Have we misunderstood the Apostle Paul badly? Have we made the mistake of reading his words through our own set of assumptions? Instead, should we begin with Paul's worldview to see things the way he saw them? For instance, what if the idea that we're saved by our faith in Christ is based on a giant misunderstanding, a mistranslation of Paul's words and thinking? In my new book, The Lost Message of Paul, I issue a challenge to grapple with the task of understanding the words of Paul through his culture, rather than imposing our modern Western ideas on him. It's released on the 21st of June, and you can pre-order it now through the link below.